This is Bless You Boys Podcast 102, recorded Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2014. The podcast of our discontent. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Bless You Boys podcast, where the editorial staff of BlessYouBoys.com, SB Nation's Detroit Tigers blog, covers the past week of, well, Detroit Tigers news. Not that there's been a lot over the past week, but pitchers and catchers are reporting. Uh, as we're recording this, it's Valentine's Day, and, well, we're, we're missing one of our trio, but we'll go on as a duo, and uh, hopefully we'll entertain you. Regardless of all that, let's get the introductions out of the way. I'm Al Beaton, managing editor of Bless You Boys. Joining us this week, well, is just one of the idiots of the three of us, and that is Hookslide. Hookslide, what's up? <laughs> what do I say after an introduction like that? One I don't know. I'm idiots. not an idiot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering how many people listening to your introduction up to that point and saying, oh, there's only one of them. God, please don't let it be Hookslide. Don't yeah. let it be Hookslide. <laughs> Shoot, it is. All right, shut it off. Shut it off. Yes, uh, Mr. Menching, Kurt Menching, the, our columnist for Detroit News, uh, managing editor of Bless You Boys, and a bon vivant and man about town. I have no idea what he's up to today, but he said he couldn't join us today. Uh, might be some sort of Valentine's Day thing going on with him. I don't know. We're not going to press him. We'll, we'll press him on this next week. I'm sure he'll be, be able to join us. Regardless of all that, before we talk about what little Tigers news there is to talk about, a little bit about the show. If you want to contact us with your thoughts, questions, hate mail, love letters, bybpodcast at gmail.com, bybtigers at gmail.com, at bless you boys on the Twitters. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash bybtigers. The easiest way to find us on Facebook, just search bless you boys. I think that really about covers it. So let's just start talking tigers. Why don't we? All right. Uh, I hear catchers and pitchers reported hook slide, uh, but I think there's some stuff going on in uh, Lakeland right now. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. It's happening. It's actually happening. Yeah, about damn time. I know. As I put in the notes, uh, the winter of our discontent is over. As Shakespeare wrote, I can't believe I'm breaking out some Shakespeare. Here we go. Yes. <laughs> now is the winter of our discontent, made glorious summer by the sun of York and all of the clouds that lowered upon our house in the deep bosom of the ocean buried. I have no idea what all that means. I do know it means spring is almost here. He was referring to uh, Derek Jeter, wasn't he? Was yeah, oh God, let's get into that <laughs> later. As, uh, as far as we know, from all the quotes, he's the next closest thing to Jesus Christ, but we'll get into <laughs> that. But as always, hope springs eternal with the start of spring training. As Yogi Berra said, all pitchers are liars or crybabies. And, of course, Ricky Henderson was more in the tune of spring training, saying, I love playing this game. In every spring training feels like the first. And that's actually pretty darn wise from Ricky Henderson. Uh, even with the Tigers were coming off a bad season, which they aren't, I think we would all be giddy for the coming season. I mean, uh, it looks like even Houston Astros fans got to be excited about a baseball season upon us. 
Yeah, I mean, if you're a real baseball fan, then mm-hmm. absolutely it doesn't matter which team you're, you know, rooting for or you know, angry with. Mm-hmm. That's the case, maybe. Yeah. But you know, it's, this is the start. This is this is the fresh, ah, you know, the flowers and all that good stuff. And I know it's probably a little too early to bust out the Ernie Harwell quote because we we saved that for opening day. But yes, yes, it's, it's in the same vein. Yes. You know, the voice of the turtle. I'm sure we'll bring that up sometime during our spring training podcast. So when, especially when Kurt's going to be down there in a few, in a couple of weeks. So. But, uh, you know, it's, you know, I I don't know what, you know, I'm a huge sports fan. And right now I've really been wrapped up in the Olympics. You know, actually in the background I have the Canadian hockey team who's playing right now on live. I've been watching a lot of this. So in some ways I think, I I won't say baseball has taken a back seat, but I think there's a little lower profile going on just because of the Olympics and, and how it dominates the news media. I don't know, but I know you're a huge, huge baseball fan and not quite so much of other sports, but right. uh, have you been watching the Olympics at all? Has it affected your interest in the start of the baseball season? No, not really. I mean, as far as affecting my interest, no. And, uh, you know, I pay attention to the media outlets that I want to pay attention to. So, you know, like on my Twitter timeline, it's mostly baseball people anyway. So, you know, I, I haven't been getting inundated with, with too many other things. Uh, I mean, yeah, I have watched some of the, the games. I mean, I'm interested in you know, like the, the ski jumping and mm-hmm. some of the speed skating. Uh, my girls like to watch the, the figure skating. Uh, exactly. All. If you have a, a female in your life, mm-hmm. your figure skating is going to be involved in your life, right? Oh, yeah. And it's great, too, because they're at such a cool age. You know, my two youngest daughters that are uh, six and eight, and they just they sit there mesmerized, yeah. you know, watching this, like, oh, my God, this is so cool. But yeah, just wait till baseball starts. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is fun though. Cause I'm sit, I was like sitting here with the girlfriend, you know, and watching because uh, figure skating seems to be on, not twenty four seven, damn near. And you know, she's ready to do these up points for ugly uh, outfits and uh, bad <laughs> haircuts, but none of that pertains to baseball. Thank goodness. Where I guess that's what gets me, uh, hook slide, is that baseball is a sport where you take on the opposition. You score more than them, you win the game. In a lot of these Olympic competitions, you know, the uh, a lot of the extreme sports, figure skating, obviously, it's not if you beat somebody, it's if you just impress the judges enough to get a higher score. And there's all these biases involved where, uh, well, that, well, let's cut a deal with this judge so maybe they'll vote for our country. And uh, a lot of the, well, he he hasn't been on the international stage before, so we can't make him a champion, even though he might be better than the current uh, crop of quote-unquote name uh, athletes. So as much as I enjoy the Olympics, I think that's what really bothers me and why a lot of the stuff we're watching right now is more athletic exhibitions instead of a sport, unlike baseball. Right, I mean, because a lot of it's not team-based anyway, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. individual performance. And, yeah, like you pointed out, it's, it's very strange. I can't imagine what baseball would be like if the scoring weren't yes. objective, you know. Yeah. Uh, the, the runner crosses the plate, that's a point. You know, that's a run. We go on from there. Not, you know, well, we have to appeal to a panel of judges. Did that ball really look like a good home run? Should we count it, you know? Yeah. And it is kind of weird that, that the scoring system in the Olympics is kind of subjective, you know, based on somebody's opinion. Well, yeah, it looked good to me, so I'll give it a higher score. Yeah, like I was telling the girlfriend, it's like, well, in baseball, this would be like, Verlander's curveball was much prettier than Luke Pucona's fastball, so we'll, we'll call that one a strike instead. That's I think right. that's essentially what it's like. Hey, the game would be a lot more uh, interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot more frustrating, I'll say that. That pitch was way outside, but man, was it pretty. Give him the call. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, let's maybe move away from the Olympics and Shakespeare and, and the winter of our discontent and actually talk about what's going on down in uh, Lakeland. I don't know if there's a lot of really big news going on there, but I think the uh, probably the some of the most interesting news is I think it looks like the Tigers are going to put Victor Martinez in the tools of ignorance far more often than he was last year. Uh, Brad Osmus yeah. is on record he, during a, a Q&A session with the media. Uh, he is saying V-Mart will be more than a DH this season. He's going to play him as catcher against NL teams and some at first base. With, and when he plays first base, it's pretty obvious Cabrera's going to move to third base. Uh, Cabrera's saying, I still own two gloves. I'm ready to do whatever you want. He meant boxing gloves, doesn't yeah. <laughs> As in, don't do that or I'll kick your, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, last year, Martinez didn't uh, play catcher until late August. Uh, was it that right. series against the Mets? Yeah. And, he, and he handled it fairly well. He, I don't, he didn't finish any of the games, but he got the couple of starts. He ended up starting three games as catcher last year. Uh, was it just three? But, yeah, it was only three. I looked it up because so I just wrote a post about it. I went live on Bless You Boys. So I have this all fresh in my mind. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, But with, uh, this year, the Tigers are going on the uh, on a West Coast interleague swing on the second, the second week of the year. Osmus has said he's going to start uh, Martinez against the Dodgers and the Padres. So I, I know personally I tend to think, He's a ball player. If you, you know, if he's happy with playing defense, wants to play some defense, as long as you manage his uh, innings carefully, I have no problem with this. I'm not, I'm, you know, it's, he's over, he's almost two years removed from his knee injury at this point. But there's always that fear in the back of your head, hook slide, that oh my God, this is actually waiting to happen. Then when you play Martinez in the field, so what's yeah. your thoughts on this? No, because obviously the catching position, you know, is is especially rough on the knees. Yeah, you know, and that's exactly where he was having. Uh, the problems. So I'm just trying to like get inside, you know, the manager's head a little bit here. I'm just guessing that the reason he would do this against NL teams is because you lose the DH and he probably wants to keep uh, Martinez's bat mm-hmm. I mean, in, in the lineup. So that I guess that makes sense. But uh, you know, I, I think uh, three three games last year. Mm-hmm. That's I, I would be curious to see how much above and beyond that he goes this year. Um, if it's not too much more than that, then I'm not too worried about it. I believe he's saying uh, he's not going to start him. Obviously, there's five consecutive games against the National League, and Austin has already said he is not going to start all five games. But it's really sounding like he's going to play in all five games, be it catcher or first base. So, right. uh, and, and from all accounts, uh, it really looks like Martinez is a, a solid first baseman. He, he's definitely not any worse than Miguel Cabrera on the right side of the infield. So, yeah. uh, as uh, Osmus put it, it just gives us more options. I think the better way to put it, it gives us more offensive options, considering uh, the seasons that Alex Avila and uh, Brian Holiday are coming off of. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him you know, play Martinez at first base, even against AL teams. Oh, yeah, definitely. And and give Cabrera a break, maybe move him to DH, you know, once in a while. Mm -hmm. And I think he's a baseball player. You know, he wants, you know, and if if he's physically capable of playing the field, there should be no reason not to put him out there. Uh, obviously, I hope those words don't come back to bite me on yeah, the head right. badly. Mark, mark the date and time now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, did, he did pretty well last year, I oh, thought, yeah. at first base. I mean, there was the one just mm-hmm. absolute doozy of a gem. You know, he had that, that backflip. Uh, it was against Boston mm-hmm. you know, back in June. But, uh, I mean, he can't – he's no Derek Jeter, obviously, but, you know, he'll be, he'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, again, we will get to Derek Jeter uh, in, a, in a few. <laughs> I'm, for, I'm foreshadowing. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right, speaking uh well, I guess it, it, there's no real segue, but speaking of Bruce Rondon, uh, some <laughs> crappy segue there, uh, uh, he is reportedly in the best shape of his life. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, 
he arrived to camp 20 to 30 pounds lighter from all media reports after being listed at probably generously at 275 last year. Uh, this is what always gets me, though, uh, about these comments. Uh, I don't know, Prince Fielder is also on record saying he's in the best shape of his life, you know. And it always gets me that here's these pro ball players whose career is really based on them being in great shape. And, you know, there's so much money at stake and the possibility of millions and millions of dollars. Why wouldn't you be in the, your best shape of your life every damn season? Yeah, because, you know, I guess you can afford not to, maybe, in baseball, more so than, you know, say, a high cardio sport like right. basketball or, or hockey. You know, I think you can maybe afford to let things go just a little bit mm-hmm. and be okay. But, uh, yeah, I, definitely, I think I mentioned uh, on Twitter, I mean, but it was it was a while ago, when I was at mm-hmm. the uh, Whitecaps banquet mm-hmm. and part of the Tigers caravan, I, I saw Bruce Rondone there and actually got my picture taken with him, and I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I was shocked. I mean, I didn't recognize him at first, and even standing next to him, I thought, you know, I, I could stand to lose, you know, 30 pounds myself, but when you're standing next to Bruce Rondon and you're the fat guy in the picture, mm, yeah. holy cow. <laughs> like that's, I, you say 20 to 30 pounds, I would put it more into, like, 50 to 60. Really? He looked that skinny to you? He was, he was like, yeah, very, very lean. Mm-hmm. lean. So... Uh, how, how that impacts his uh, performance? Who knows? That's, Somebody, I guess that's always the fear because you know the guy has a one hell of a fastball at that right. weight. You got to wonder is it going to affect his? Uh, he's always been on the heavy side. Is the weight loss going to affect his motion? Is it going to affect how his arm reacts? There's all kinds of um, well unknowns here. I think it's just the center of gravity changing. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's got to be. It's got to affect your mechanics and your delivery. But yeah, somebody joked about that on Twitter when I did post that picture of, of Bruce and said, you know, wow, looking really, really slim. And somebody said, you know, great. Now his fastball tops out at 76. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think it's going to drop that much. Yeah. But uh, I guess the quote I always like to use when it comes to this best shape of your life type things with baseball players is when uh, John Crook said, I'm not an athlete. I'm a baseball player. And uh, in some ways, uh, it's uh, you know, he's right. <laughs> if you look at some of the bodies, look, look at Bartolo Colon, for example. So, well, he's, he's he's in shape. It's round, you know, as go, as the old joke goes. So right. And this but, is why you, this is why you can put together you know amateur softball teams with a bunch of guys that are out of shape, you know, because you can still hit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, Prince Fielder being uh, the top example of that. I'm curious to see. Uh, I've really seen much in the way as how much better he supposedly looks this year. And obviously that would be a, well, a source of frustration to Tigers fans. Say, why couldn't you be in shape when you were in Detroit? But, uh, again, we'll, we'll have to wait and see how all this all works out. And if they, for that matter, if Rondo can keep the weight off. You know, that's a hard thing to do, even for an, uh, a quote-unquote baseball player who's not an athlete. Yeah. There are some other news in regard to the Tigers in that uh, Comerica Park is expanding their – I would say expanding uh, attend, uh, their capacity, their shifting capacity around in that they've joined with their food vendor, Sports Service, to remodel the right field Pepsi porch. They are adding 426 seats and a new bar called the New Amsterdam 416. Obviously, 416 is the distance away from home plate uh, to the bar. Uh, but the move, yeah. Are they going to sell drugs there? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, oh. yeah. There, there's probably a medical marijuana joke waiting to be made, but I can't come up with it. At <laughs> uh, but the, what gets me, though, looks like this, is the move eliminates 773 bleacher seats, converting them to 690, I think it's, what, 694 stadium-style seats, and 180 of those are going to be those premium, uh, high-top four-chair-type uh, seats that you see 
uh, surrounding um, the infield. It would be the same sort of thing. Also, obviously, t- ticket prices for those seats will be much higher, ranging from 30 to 57 depending on uh, the game and the team in town. With Blue Jungle seats, the least expensive any Comerica Park ticket, will now be set within a range of 9 to $17. On a positive note, 2,000 square feet will go to restroom expansion. So I- I'm all Thank for God. that. Yeah. Absolutely. But it does bother me when they eliminate bleacher seats, which are, you know, traditionally – uh, your entry level lowest price seats. I mean, I used to, when I was growing up, I sat in the center field bleachers at Tiger Stadium quite often. You know, I wish there was another way around this where they didn't get a ro- uh, get oh, uh, get rid of the, the bleacher seats because oftentimes those are your most rabid blue collar fans and they want to be there so badly they're willing to. No, they're willing to sit in uncomfortable bleacher seats uh, for the games. I think that's what really gets me with this, is that it seems yeah. to be kowtowing toward people who may not be quite so uh, rabid uh, of a fan. Well, at least the ones that are rabid and rich. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got to be maybe even somewhat more dedicated, I suppose, to you want to pay that kind of money. Yeah. Uh, you, you kind of lost me with the numbers, so I, I would have to go back and look at the show notes and kind of do the math, because I'm wondering now how many – how many uh, true bleacher seats does that leave? That I'm not sure of and what's left, but uh, it's definitely a much smaller section now. Yeah, and I'd be curious to know how, how um, what kind of capacity, or I guess numbers, you know, they were pulling last year in those seats. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be if those seats just weren't selling. Yeah. You know. I, then, that I doubt, though. You know, consider, yeah, I would uh, too, because they were, they were almost at sellout capacity. Almost exactly. When it, when, yeah, there were over 3 million uh, attendants last year, so I would think the bleacher seats were pretty much – a guaranteed sellout most games. And and the prices also, now obviously you have to take inflation into effect. And, you know, it's a different era, and, and MLB is bathing itself in money. We'll get into that a little later, too. But I remember back in the day where, you know, a bleacher seat was like two bucks or something ridiculous like that. Hell, I remember ble- I remember close box seats were like 10 or $12. So I guess I'm just getting old, Hookside, and I'm getting old and cranky and very curmudgeon-y like Kurt, even though Kurt's 20 younger than it's back in the day when you wore a hat and a suit and a tie and you smoked a pipe in the ballpark. Yeah, and I had an onion on my belt because that was the style <laughs> of the day. So, <laughs> and I, and, yeah, and, I, and we called Nichols Bumblebees, so I gave you five bees for a quarter. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am Abe Simpson in real life. So, <laughs> but uh, you know, we'll see how it all works. I know I'm sure it's going to be great, and I'm all for new places to drink, but. I'm sure I'll be at Tiger Stadium. I'm Tiger Stadium. There, there's another Freudian slip. Uh, I'll, every time. I'm every curious. Time. To see, yeah, I'll, I'm sure what this. I'm curious to see what this is going to look like uh, when the season starts. And uh, I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if we end up visiting this area uh, when during the the meetup, whenever that is scheduled. Right now, I think that's still being determined by Allison. So, but first week of August. That's the way it's looking right now. This, this is it's kind of become our traditional thing. And uh, again, that's something else we'll be talking about later in the year. So maybe right. when we get to the meetup, we can walk up to that area and yell at people. You know, you can be the curmudgeon right there in front of everyone. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be the guy with an onion. <laughs> <laughs> you kids don't even know what it used to be like. These seats used to be two dollars. Yeah, you know, yeah, just take that picture of old man yells at cloud and just put the heat <laughs> in that. Okay. There you go. <laughs> All right, uh, we got to talk about the elephant in the room, hook slide, and that's Derek Jeter. Uh, I don't know, or the Jesus Christ in the room, however you want to put it. Uh, but the longtime Yankees shortstop and likely first ballot Hall of Famer announced 2014 will be his swan song. Um, many fans are torn, though, when it comes to Jeter Hookslide. 
Uh, he, he's obviously uh, he was a great ball player when he was younger. He was a good ball player as he aged, and for a very long time. You know, he's what, I believe forty years old now. He hasn't played since uh, he broke his ankle against the Tigers in the twenty twelve playoffs. You know, being, Jeter being Jeter and that he's a career Yankee, it really seems his worth has been inflated to absolutely ridiculous heights. I mean, you can go, you can start with the uh, the, gold, the undeserved Gold Gloves, for example. You know, he's all, you know, his defensive metrics have been tailing off for years, if not for the last decade. But he won multiple Gold Gloves, for example. You know, he's, you know, Mr. Yankee. You know, there's been some talk is that he's he the you know, even the face of Major League Baseball, you know, the Babe Ruth of this era, which is ridiculous. And um, this is what got me. With, this is Albert Pujols said. He was quoted by uh, Mike Giovanna. The Dodgers uh, beat writer for the L.A. Times said this. He posted it on Twitter. Pujols on Jeter. On and off the field, he's the way you want your kids to grow up. Only Jesus is perfect, but he's pretty close to that guy. Wow. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going on record right now that this is what all of 2014 is going to be like, Hook Slide, with this uh, essentially uh, genuflecting to Jeter. I'm retiring from blogging post haste. I'm serious. <laughs> I, think, I think John Lennon might have something to say about the Jeter comparison. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Is it just me, or is this kind of a new trend, though? This, this whole, you know, a longtime player is retiring, so now we're going to do like this whole year long, you know, yeah, the road show. Yeah, Al Kaylin didn't get anything like this when he, you know, everybody pretty much knew his nineteen seventy four was going to be his final year, for example. And, well, honestly, you know. the first one I can think of is is Rivera last year. Yeah. Has anyone before that? Did, did anyone do that? Maybe in other sports, you know, like uh, uh, I don't know if they even happened with like someone like Wayne Gretzky in the NHL. Uh, but I think a lot of it does have to do with the. Uh, the ESPNs and Fox Sports of the uh, world, this, this 24-7, 365 news cycle, where they have to have something to talk about. Now, obviously, there's, you know, as much as they deny it, I, I do believe in that, at least somewhat in that East Coast media bias. I mean, you play in the West Coast, you might as well be playing in Siberia at times. Yeah. But, uh, you, you know, I, I like Jeter as a player. I really do. But... Right. This is over the freaking top. But there's there's ways to honor you yeah. know the greats you know and uh, this this whole bit about you know going stadium to stadium and city to city and getting special gifts from you know the teams and all this you know a ceremony at every ballpark kind of thing. I go what what is happening here? When yeah. when did we start this this trend? I don't know and I don't care and you know could well, have. Thing, I'm glad this is he's going to get at least get his swan song with New York. It's it's better to end. How he wants to to let an injury end it for him, but I mean, well, come on, come to God, Jesus Christ, <laughs> you know, Zeus, Buddha, whomever, you know. Jesus had better F war, I think. <laughs> and speaking of, did you see some of those statistics? I saw on on Twitter people were uh, posting comparisons of Alan Trammell and Derek almost as equal, if not in some ways better. Uh, all the stats that I've seen on Twitter, Trammell has been better. Mm-hmm. Than Jeter, people are saying, you know, well, no, Derek Jeter is going to get, you know, Hall of Fame first ballot, and we we can't get Trammell off the. Oh my goodness! Yeah, don't even oh. get, get us going on that, I'll, I'll, or I'm going to, uh, I don't know, I'm going to start throwing things. I think. <laughs> Quick, get off the ledge. <laughs> yes, you know, and actually, uh, before we digress into a couple other Major League Baseball topics, I wanted to bring this up. Looks like because I forgot to put it in the show notes, and because it happened earlier in the week, and that is uh, the announcement that Joe Zumaya is uh, announced his actual retirement from the game, even though he pretty much hasn't pitched in the big league since 2010. 
this is he's one of the the great what ifs. I know, and baseball is full of these guys. You know, uh, you know, obviously the, the kind of most apt comparison for the Tigers would be Mark Fidrich. You know, who had his one glorious season, and then his body just could not hold up to the rigors of being a big league player. And and Zumaya, who had a, who was ridiculously good in 2006, and really was expected to be the closer of the future. That year was absolutely insane. I mean, he threw, I, I believe I looked it up, it was 233 pitches of 100 miles an hour or more. And then you, you kind of have to think, well, no wonder his career ended as it did. <laughs> but he really seemed to be one of those star-crossed players where he never, ever, you know, got a good break. You know, between the, the, the supposed box that landed on his shoulder, even though there's rumors that it actually happened while he was dirt biking, uh, that gave him a separated shoulder and ended one season. There was the, in, the infamous uh, Guitar Hero incident was causing the missed part of the ALCS in 2006. You know, and then, of course, there was the absolutely, gru- I won't call it gruesome, but it was really disturbing injury that, that suffered on his last big league pitch where he uh, broke his oh, arm or, you know, yeah. right, right around near his elbow uh, against the, elbow. the Twins. And, he, and that was the season in 2010 where it really looked like he, was put, he had put, finally put it all back together. He had been healthy all season. Had, no, had a solid, solid year as a setup man. His ERA was around 2.6, and it all ended on one 99 mile an hour fastball. You know, it, it, I guess it gets it, all it would have made it more fitting if it would have been a 100 mile an hour fastball. But right. um, this is one of those great what ifs. You know, why couldn't it have been uh, stories with the Tigers? And the thing is, if you look back, baseball is full of these guys. I mean, and every team has them. And it's unfortunate, but also you know part of the game. Yeah, we, well, I don't need to wax philosophical, but I could. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all standing on the precipice, Al. We're all walking <laughs> the tightrope. We never know. We're all day to day. You know that that you know. That's we're all listed as day to day. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, as far as Zumaya retiring, I kind of feel like the way I did when I, when I heard that Shirley Temple had died this week. And my response was, I I thought she already was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, he's not, retiring. Not that you thought Zumaya was dead. No, yeah. no, no. Just, I, I didn't know he was in baseball to retire from it. But yeah. good for him for retiring. Let's give him a road show this year. Yeah, no kidding. Let him let him go on tour with Jeter. Yeah, or at the very least, bring him up in September when they arrive. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. You know, and you know, give, give him a little, um, you know, put him in the game and then pull him before he has to make a pitch. Something like that. <laughs> That's right. You let know, pitch to one batter and. Yes. No, underhand if need be. And, That's right. You know, Just get the ball up there. It doesn't matter. Walk the guy. We don't care. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a shame, but, you know, we, as, as I put in the post, we'll always have 2006. And watching him make the some of those Yankees look absolutely silly uh, was uh, was worth it. <laughs> well, you stuff. know, the, the question I guess I have then is, you talk about his his you know body the arm not being able to withstand mm-hmm. you know that that kind of a high intensity you know the velocity and all of that um, you know I, do you worry about someone like Bruce Rondon of course you know and, and say is he another case where you know give him a, a year or two and he's going to have all kinds of injuries and won't be reliable that kind of thing I and mean, he already had your yeah. elbow last year so. right yeah it, it's always a concern with uh, young guys who throw hard and that's why uh, you, you continually trying to draft those guys because. They're never a sure thing, unfortunately. All right, it's a revolving door. You got to keep yeah. drafting new ones. Exactly, because so, you, know, you know it's very. You know, Rondon could be uh, could be you know the next Rivera, or he could be the next Zumai. You just don't know, and that's the scary part when it comes to baseball. Well, but they're in different categories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Rivera but, wasn't throwing 102 miles an hour. Yeah. You know, so you, you kind of wonder if that's if that's a particular uh, hazard. 
maybe you know, I, uh, maybe a better apt comparison would be Ardolis Chapman, for example, who is uh, who's still managing to throw. You know, still, you know, hover around almost all his pitches around 100 miles an hour, and he's managed to stay healthy. But he's also, uh, he refuses to uh, uh, to also move to the rotation. So I remember that was also a discussion with Zamaya, is that maybe the Tigers would have been better off uh, returning him to because uh, he did some starting in the minor leagues. Maybe they would have been better off and able to extend his career if they had made him a starter where he didn't feel like he had to throw 100 miles an hour in every pitch. So maybe a little bit of this is on the Tigers. Right, and uh, this is going to sound silly because I don't remember, but who was his pitching coach back in 2006? Oh God, I couldn't even tell you. This that's that's sad. I don't even know. I don't remember. I don't I don't remember offhand how long Jeff Jones has been there. So, he was uh, probably the guy that Jeff Jones replaced. So, huh? Well, let's let's hope that that's the case, and that Jeff Jones knows more about how to preserve those arms, and that Bruce Rondon will be okay. Well, for the most part, the Tigers have done pretty well at that point. You know, other than. Obviously, you're, you're going to have issues with uh, Al Albuquerque, for example, just because he throws such a, uh, a nasty pitch with that slider, which just torques your arm, and he has that history in the past. But, you know, there's always worry, for example, that Max Scherzer was going to have arm issues, and the Tigers seem to have managed him to the point where it you know, doesn't seem to be a problem anymore. So yeah, I, I think that, that bodes well for the Tigers and Rondon. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's get back to some of the other uh, big league topics. There's a couple I wanted to touch on. Mike Trout, put it this way, uh, the Angels know they're going to be rapidly losing leverage the longer his career goes. Right now he's only been in the league a couple years, uh, and he's going to hit arbitration next year. So the Angels are try- want to use what leverage they have left by trying to buy out several years of uh, Trout's free agency and nail him down with a long-term extension before the start of the season. Though they could, you know, being that, Trout is under team control for still, I believe, another four years. Uh, they could just uh, end up renewing his deal with a raise set at their discretion. You know, obviously, I think they would give him a pretty damn good one. But there's a lot of talk that Trout could be the first $300 million player. And considering his age, considering his production, considering that he hasn't even reached his prime years yet, it seems kind of realistic that uh, Trout could reach you know, right now, if he's willing to sell out the first four or five years of his free agency uh, to get a, a, a three hundred plus million dollar deal, what sort of deal do you think Wonder Boy is going to get from the Angels if he does decide to maybe, well, let's get secu- let's get some some security and sign a nine or ten year deal? And that depends on when that deal takes place. I think if you give it a couple of years, mm-hmm. these prices are going to keep. Skyrocketing. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a very good point. So you, you let guys like Robinson Cano, you know, or, or uh, oh, my mind is blanking out now. Who was the, the Yankees just signed? Uh, oh, Tanaka. Tanaka, but no, it was the uh, it was Ellsbury. Oh yeah, Jake right? Ellsbury. Yeah. He got a didn't he get a pretty big? Yeah, the hundred. Yeah, the hundred fifty five million dollars. Around right. fifty million range, I think it was. Hundred seven million, something like that. Whatever it was, it was uh, well, it was averaging well over twenty million a year. Right, and I'm saying that there were a couple of these guys. Yeah. You know, throughout throughout this off season, that are getting, you know, 150, 200, 250 million. Mm-hmm. You know, you let these guys be the uh, the pace setters, let them kind of blaze the trail for Mike Trout, and yeah, I think he'll hit, he'll get to that 300 mark. You know, no problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other the other issue is just simple economics. It's supply yeah. and demand. Yeah. You know, if, if the Angels aren't going to sign him, what other team out there right now is in need of his talents and can afford that kind of 
you know, that kind of payroll. Yeah, and, and but with with uh, Trout, I don't think you really need. It's not a matter of need because I think you could replace almost every outfielder in baseball. Plug him in there, and you're going to be better. But the contract alone, that would uh, probably eliminate at least two thirds of Major League Baseball. You're right, there's only a handful of teams that would be willing to shell out that kind of money. Do you think the Tigers but, would yeah. be interested in doing something like that? Oh goodness. Yeah. Mike Trout. All right, boy. <laughs> well, you know, think of it this way: the Tigers will probably be in the market for a, a corner outfielder in the next uh, three or four years. Yeah, but if they're going to keep up with, I don't know, you know, extending Scherzer, if that's, they go that's, that route, I guess that's the question. Yeah. Extending Cabrera if they go that route. I mean, can you imagine though having Trout and Cabrera on the same team? Would that uh, would that put an end to the debates? Or would of that course not. <laughs> intens- intensify them even more. Yeah, exactly. You know, they'd be all. Oh, they wouldn't be as good. If, you know. Oh, you know, God, I don't even want to get into the Wonder Boy stuff. So, you know, God, we'll save that for the end of the year when the MVP debate uh, fires up again, and and it will likely will be a, a Trout Cabrera race again. So, regardless of that, though, it's you know, I think I'll just say this. I think whatever Trout can get, I'm all for it because I, I think as um, players said, it might have been Jim Bouton that said. The owners screwed the players for 75 years. The players screwed the owners for 25 years. So the players still have about 50 more years to get even. So, you know, I so uh, and and realistically, you know, come on, Major League Baseball is absolutely bathing in cash right now. So, no, I think that kind of will good way to segue into our final topic, and that is, uh, as I put it, another reason to hate the business of baseball. Uh, Major League Baseball owners, despite earning more than $8 billion in revenue in 2013, um, vote very quietly voted in January to allow individual teams to slash or eliminate pension plan offerings to their non-uniform personnel. Uh, MLB tried to hide this fact by not sending out a press release on this change. And trust me, uh, Major League Baseball sends out a press release on everything. You know, I, I get enough of them. And, you know, this is another reason why... Uh, the ridiculous pro sports antitrust exemptions are utter BS. This is there will be people out there who will say, well, that's that's what almost all businesses are going to. We're a, a self funded four hundred one k, and the and the business will match part of it or something to that effect. Right. But is baseball that kind of you know, th- that sort of business? I mean, one, the, the revenues are ridiculous. Two, yeah. the values of the franchise are absolutely uh, crazy at this point. Uh, the players are, you know, they're, you know, they're pretty much set for life at a certain point, and this really affects the people who make the game go. You're talking about the the uh, lower level front office people. You're talking about the people in the stadium itself, the, the concession workers, the the ushers, things like that. Uh, that a game wouldn't happen in the way we know it without a lot of these people. You know, ticket takers. What don't they deserve a little something? Uh, you know, of this $8 billion pie, and I think that's what bothers me the most is that Major League Baseball is raking in record revenues, yet they're still trying to cut costs. And, uh, and all, as always, you know, me being a former boss, a former manager, the easiest way to increase your revenues is to cut your labor costs. Mm-hmm. And that's ridiculous if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, this is this is capitalism, right? I mean, mm-hmm. not to turn completely political, and I, I really don't necessarily swing either way in terms of you know that that whole question. But it is, I mean, it just seems like that's that's um, 
you know, it's part of the it's part of the business. You know, that we make the money and we'll do what we want with it. And you can go, well, that's that's awful. Well, then you know, there's got to be some way to protest that and say, well, I'm not going to, you know, pursue employment with that particular outlet. Yeah, that, that's they, that's what your your capitalist type person would say mm-hmm. said well if you want a pension find a job with a pension right and if, i guess if everybody did that like you said you know how how well do those teams function mm-hmm. then yeah if you don't have any more ticket takers and concession workers and so forth you know front office for goodness sakes yeah um travel secretaries and all that um so it's it's ugly but mm-hmm. i also think the whole i don't know i, I try not to think too much about the whole money side of this because it just yeah. it trips me out anyway yeah that i cannot believe the kind of money they're making and the kind of money we're paying mm-hmm. for cable packages for you know mlb tv mm-hmm. subscriptions for tickets for concessions you know yeah. 8 dollars for beers and all this kind of stuff for what mm-hmm. to, to to be entertained yeah and that still just kind of, I don't know, I guess that's that's me, guys. Uh, you know, I'm from that school of saying, you know, give the really big money to the people that do really important stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like brain surgeons, you know, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> you know, the, the health industry is suffering right now, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and was, uh, yeah. Don't don't get me going on that. Yeah, well, yeah, don't yeah, don't get me going. You know, I mean, me being a, you know, even though I, you know, I don't look it, I'm a flaming liberal, and this is the sort of thing that just sets me off and you know again we we do try to play kind of down the middle when it comes to this sort of thing in a lot of ways i may agree to disagree with the, with the listeners some of our listeners when it comes to this kind of thing but when you're talking about this kind of revenue right. i just find it ridiculous that they're still trying to find ways to nickel and dime low level employees it is bizarre and and yeah i'm definitely not making any kind of political statement mm-hmm. one way or the other i'm just kind of standing back from the whole thing you know, kind of going, wow, isn't that weird? Yeah. Isn't it strange that we pay so much money that this one industry that's pure entertainment, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's just booming $8 billion, really? I mean, that is just, it's weird. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Do you get the kind of like the feeling sometimes, you know, I'll be watching the, the, watching the news, uh, you, know, keep, you know, keeping an eye on what's going on in the world and, and sometimes just seeing what's going on in sports between the, the crazy amount of money that's being thrown about, between uh, the, the, con- the sometimes manufactured controversies we see in the media, obviously such as the latest one being this week is the uh, Missouri defensive end Michael Sam, uh, the SEC Defensive Player of the Year, who before the NFL draft admitted he was gay, citing, setting off an absolute media firestorm and people arguing over the politics of it all. And sometimes I really do feel oh, sometimes looks like I, I'm getting overwhelmed by the business of sport, and you know, especially during the off seasons, and it's it's, it's kind of starting to take away my at least some of my enjoyment of the of watching the game itself, knowing of all these crazy machinations that are going on in the background. How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, you're you're right. It, it's it's hard to just kind of watch the game and say, well, there's my favorite, you know, right fielder or whatever mm-hmm. playing if you know that he or you know is involved in whatever. Yeah. It might be, you know, off field or whatever. You gotta go, mm-hmm. geez, uh, let me just enjoy the game. This is after all a kid's game that we're, yeah. you know, paying grown men to go out and play. Right. So that they don't have to go work and have real jobs. <laughs> and we're paying them an awful lot of money to do it. Yeah. I don't I love Tory Hunter. I don't need Tory Hunter. Right. Right. Exactly. I need my auto mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so give my auto mechanic the $10 million a year contract. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or we could get into the uh, teacher, policeman, fireman thing. Oh, absolutely. That, those know. are the bunch bigger. It's just, I think the whole thing can end up getting very 
it can turn uh, turn itself upside down mm-hmm. because these are the guys making the big money, so they reach, they get to a celebrity status. Yeah. Then they can start lending their voice and image to products and yeah. then to political causes, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, now we invest them with all this wisdom because yeah, well, because, because they can swing a bat very well. That's because we right. agreed to pay the the price. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're, we're the enablers. So. Yeah, you're, you're, that's a great point. We do enable this because why should uh, someone who uh, can throw a ball really hard? Why should what they believe have any more weight than what we believe? And that's and unfortunately, that's how it is in today's world. Oh, but it does. I yeah. mean, just, just, just watch it on Twitter. You know, if mm-hmm. any Detroit Tiger makes any kind of a statement, yeah, you know, political or otherwise, you know, he will get thousands of retweets, and people go, "Yeah, all right, I'm mm-hmm. online." Yeah, because Verlander said it. You know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and which is why cool. I no longer talk about politics or religion or any such thing <laughs> on oh. Twitter or Facebook anymore. Because and this is yeah. why we pay so much money for baseball because baseball is neither politics nor religion. Yeah, at least on the field. <laughs> That's right. It's yeah. the one place we can go and say it's just a game. Yeah, we can all throw away our biases when mm-hmm. it comes to politics and religion and sexuality and just talk about what's going on on that space between uh, between the bases. Right. Unless you want to talk F war versus B war and then then we're going to fight. Oh, it, oh those stats that Kurt makes up? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's why he's not on the show today. He's busy making up a new stat. stat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> X war, I think he called it. Uh, yeah, I think that and I think that's a good place to start wrapping up the podcast. So, before we get too down on what the hell's going on in the world and just talking about what we shouldn't be enjoying when it comes to the game. So, anything you'd like to add before we wrap up the show? Uh, no, not really. I mean, just like you said, it's 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 pretty exciting that uh it's not only Valentine's Day, but uh the spring training is kicked off and uh boy, we're only I think about 6 weeks out. Yeah, now, from, from opening day, and oh wow, isn't that sweet? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I love it. Yeah, hopefully by that time, at least most of our snow should have melted. At least I hope. Yeah, I heard we're supposed to get some rain this weekend. Let's hope. So that'll help help kind of melt it all away. So, uh, melt our icy hearts, to say the very least. So. Right. <laughs> all right. Since uh, the podcast of our discontent is going to wrap up, so <laughs> is that uh, the title? Yeah, yeah. That's, I think Miranda. I think that there it is. Podcast of our discontent. So, uh, <laughs> where can the, the uh, fans find you online, Hookslide? Uh, you will find me at, on uh, Twitter at HookslideBYB. Oh, I wanted to ask you: Are you are you planning on doing anything with your audio archive that you got going last year? Uh, the audio archive at uh, Chirbit yeah. is still active. It's still up there. All the links are still there. Um, and, yeah, as, as we go through the season next year, I will absolutely be continuing to, you know, pull different Dan Dickerson clips, you know, quotes, and, and, and mm-hmm. posting them throughout the year. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. But you can find me on Twitter at BYB. No, it's a big L BYB at Twitter. <laughs> I, I even I forget half the time. I, I said I've been kind of staying off Twitter as a late one. I was having some health issues, and two, uh, sometimes it tends to drive me nuts. You know, too much uh, signal to noise ratio at times can be uh, crazy on Twitter. But regardless of all that, again, you can find me on Twitter, um, big L BYB. You can also find us on the Facebook. It was just, it's, like I said, it's easier just to search. Bless you boys on Facebook and obviously at Bless you boys on Twitter because we're making a concerted effort this year to increase our social media footprint. Also, you can find Kurt on Twitter at BYB Kurt. And I think that about covers it. So until this time next week, where we hope to have uh, the very curmudgeoning and cranky Kurt Minchin back with us. Uh, Again, we don't know what he's doing on Valentine's Day. We're going to grill him on this next week. 
This is Al Beaton saying good night, good luck, along the hook slide. And as the great James Earl Jones said, mmm, baseball. <laughs> and we'll be talking more mmm, baseball on next week's Bless You Boys podcast. <laughs>